0: What an honor it is to be with you today. My name is Jeff Snodgrass, as Pastor Glenn just shared. Uh, But I am so honored to be with you here at Purpose Church today. Uh, This church has has had a deep and rich impact in my life. Uh, my wife and I will be forever grateful for our time here at this church. And as we continue to see the influence that you have had in my life and my wife's life and and how that's even pat- impacting my kids and, and my ministry that God is doing through us, I just simply want to say thank you for being a part of this church. Uh, I, I want to say welcome uh, to those of you that are new to this church. We are excited you're here. Maybe this is your first time. And, and if this is your first time, I want to welcome you through the digital doorsteps. Uh, and I'm so glad that, that you're excited to, or you're, you're here with us. Now, here's the reason why. Uh, because if the good news is, if you don't like me, you get someone better next week, um, and, and and if you like me, you get someone better next week. But either way, uh, the reality is, I'm so excited that you're choosing to be with us because I know you could be doing other things this morning, uh, but you're jumping in, and so I want to welcome you. We have been in this series called Flipped, and in this series called Flipped, we're in week nine of a fifteen-week uh, series of talks uh, about the sermon. On on the Mount. And I'm so excited about this. And, and, and so we're going to jump right in. But as we jump into this series called Flip on the Sermon on the Mount, the interesting aspect of, of this series uh, on the Sermon on the Mount is this is a critical teaching in Jesus' life. In fact, in this particular teaching, in Matthew's, uh, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, this is teaching Christian ethics. This is teaching us how to live as Christians. And so maybe you're joining us today and you're, you're asking the question, okay, how do I do this Christian life? Right? If there's anything 2020 and 2021 is teaching us, we can look at ourselves in the mirror and say, how do we practically live our faith out? And I love this series because it's teaching us how to do that. The message title for us today is Generosity Ladder. And I want to talk about how we will utilize our finances. I I want to present a proper methodology and give you four practical steps that you can take to display a real and tangible God. I want to encourage you, regardless of where you're at or where you're joining us today, would you do me a favor? When you open in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6 and Malachi chapter 3. Again, that's going to be Matthew chapter 6 and Malachi chapter 3. One of the things I say at our church often is this. The devil hates when you take some notes. And so regardless of where you're at today, I want to encourage you to take some notes. But as we open in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 4. But before we get there in verses 1 through 4, we need to understand some of the context of this particular uh, series of verses. And and see, what happens in Matthew chapter 5 is we see this incredibly important passage. pericope, this, this, this section in scripture called the Beatitudes. It's, in other words, how, how to be blessed, right? We go on to this spiritual uh, preservative, to, or we're called to be a spiritual preservative to a spiritually decaying generation. We, we go to this, this section in Matthew 5 where Jesus talks about how he came to fulfill the law and he emphasizes the importance of Christian ethics and it talks about anger and lust and divorce and over-promising and and how how we are to respond in turmoil or or how to love our enemies. Then he he brings this particular set of verses, this particular set in his series of the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about this idea of contagious generosity. And, And see, Jesus addresses this idea of contagious generosity right before the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you're new to church today and you don't know what the Lord's Prayer is, but I believe many of us today have been exposed to this idea of the Lord's Prayer. Right, we talk about this, we've read this, we've cited this in church, and it's interesting to me that Jesus presents this idea of contagious generosity before even prayer. And in fact, Jesus talked more about giving Over in scripture prayer or mercy. Jesus talks more about giving than he does even prayer or mercy. And so, with that in mind, I want to read these four verses that set the stage for our message today called Generosity Ladder. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, simply says this Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. In order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward." But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. See, this this is a critical passage for us to understand in the ethics in which we live as Christians. See, this idea that we are called to give to people our need, Jesus sets us in the very center of his teaching uh, of this particular setting. And, And see, when we talk about this idea of giving in church, many of you, you just turn off. Many of you say, okay, I'm done. I, I can't keep this going. I've been hurt by the church. How, how can I continue to, to move forward? So many of you have been offended by churches on how they use money. Many of you ha- have been burned by churches in the area of financial stewardship. And, and I just want to pause for a moment. If you've been in or around a church that's hurt you or harmed you around this area of finances, I, I want to say I'm sorry. Because I, I don't believe that that was God's plan. And I believe that as Jesus presents this idea of giving to people that are in need, I need us to understand this first point for us today. I, I simply believe this. I, I believe that we, we have this wrong. We have this wrong that, that when, when I, as a church consultant, walk in and work with other churches, one of the things I have noticed is our understanding of this idea of giving to people that are in need. I think as a whole, many churches have this wrong. I mean, you, you see this time and time again where, where even in James chapter two, we see this idea that we treat people with money better than we treat people without money. James was Jesus's brother and he addresses a a very similar topic. Now, now why is this idea of giving that Jesus is talking about here in this particular passage? Why is it all over scripture where, where Jesus is talking about this idea of money? Why is money so central to the word of God? Why does Jesus's brother address this as well in a book that talks about Christian ethics as well? Because I believe that we need to understand that one of the things in our lives, that when we address financial stewardship poorly, I believe that it breaks the very heart of God. And when we address financial stewardship poorly, whether it's an organization like a church or, or whether it's an individual in our own budget, see what happens is it prevents other people from seeing a real and tangible God. But as Christians, when we step into this idea of giving to people that are in need, what happens is it begins to open the idea of who God is and it opens up other people to the idea of a relationship with a generous God. See, uh, this particular passage though in, in verses three and four talks about this idea of some of the things that we need to really remember in verse four. It says this idea so that, you, uh, so that your giving may be in secret. See, we need to understand the second point here that when we give, we need to give in secret. That when we give, we need to give in secret. And in fact, when you give, your father will reward you. See, this second and third point I think is important for us to understand because Jesus is calling us to be generous out of, the, out of the bottom of our hearts. Jesus is calling us to be generous so other people can see a real and tangible God. And in fact, when we're faithful to this, we see something that's critically important here. We see the promise that our Father will reward us. This is a definitive statement. This isn't like a eh, maybe I'll bless you. This is a definitive statement. This is a promise from Jesus himself saying hey, when we give in secret, when we're faithful in our the area of our finances, that he will reward us. Now I want to pause for a second. I want to give a disclaimer. Now as I give this disclaimer I I need us to understand something that is critically important. That when we give to people that are in need, when we give to God and trust God in the area of our finances, we need to understand that that reward might be different than we expect. But in that reward, we need to understand and trust that Jesus knows what's best for our life and that reward will be greater than anything we could ever expect. So, so how do we get this right? If, we, if, if we've had this wrong, maybe this is something in our life we've struggled with. The first thing I want to teach us that that we see very clearly in Scripture is is simply this. This is a a practical step for us. That we need to give our first fruits. That we need to give our first fruits. This is what we call uh, now in 21st century this idea of the tithe. But see, we're going to address this idea a little bit later. But we need to understand this practical point. That we need to give our first fruits. Uh, another practical step is simply this that, that we would give out of thankfulness see in deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 the first half of that verse it, it simply says this that you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you or us, power to get wealth. See, Jesus is saying that we need to give out of our thankfulness in the understanding that God provides to us, that God provides to us the power to attain wealth. See, so often in life, I think what happens though is is we start to think we've got what it takes to earn our own wealth. And what happens is we start to think we've done this on our own. We, put, you know, we, we tied up our shoelaces today. We put on our bootstraps so that we can move forward and we can attain our own, you know, our own things, our own material goods, that so we can attain the things we need to get through life. And see, what happens is we start to look at stuff that God provided to us and we take clear ownership of that Rather than realizing that God is entrusting that to us and we start to say, look, I'm gonna give something of mine to you, God, so that I can get in return. See, th- this is important for us that when we understand this idea of giving out of thankfulness, that we're not giving something to someone that's in need. We're not giving to, to a God so that we can get something in return. We are, we are giving, if we are giving that way, we are giving in a wrong motive. If we give to get, where is our heart in that? Could, could you imagine that it's your birthday and, I, and you wanted Starbucks gift cards and you're like, oh, I've got like five used Starbucks gift cards. Here you go, you can have those. How would you feel if I gave you used, you know, Starbucks gift cards? Some of you would be like, that's great. I'll just add them all together. At least I'll get a drink out of it. But see, if I was to give you something on your birthday or if I was to give you something on an important day to, to, to remember something or to celebrate something, you'd be like, man, you're, you're giving me half-used stuff. You're like, what's going on? See, I believe oftentimes in life, that's how we, we approach God is we half-use something. We give it to God and we are think, ah, we're good, no big deal. We're not giving out of thankfulness. We're not giving in recognition of what God has provided to us or the power he has given us to attain wealth. What about this? How about we give out of priority? Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23 says, You may learn to fear the Lord your God always. That we could fear the Lord to where we can understand that he is a priority in our lives. What about this? That we would give out of discipline, not just thankfulness, not just priority, but that we would give out of discipline. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 10 simply says this, and behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground which you, O Lord, had, have given me. See, when we start to understand that God has given to us and when we start looking at these, this area of our finances as something that God has entrusted to us, It shifts our understanding of how we can give to other people. And so in Matthew chapter 6 where he's talking about this idea of giving to people that are in need and give in secret. And if you give, the Father will give you a reward. This is so incredibly important for us to understand. And so, what I want to do is I want to break this down. I want to make this as practical as I can for us. And so, I want to introduce to you something that I call the generosity ladder. We're, we're going to talk about this this idea of this generosity ladder. But before I really dive into this deeply, I want to look at Matthew chapter six, verse three again. And Matthew chapter six, verse three simply says this: "But when you give to the needy, now now pause with me and notice something here." But when you give, not, not are you going to give, not if you're going to give, it's but when you give to the needy. These are Jesus' words. See, this is, a, this is critical for us to understand here because Jesus is trying to teach us how to carry out how we live our Christian faith. And notice the assumptive statement Jesus gives. In fact, this phrase here is the Greek word or the Greek phrase, uh, pointos, which it's, it's an assumptive phrase of a call to action to carry out or perform. That in fact, what he's saying, that we are called to carry out and perform. That it's an assumptive statement that we will give to the needy. See, Jesus is saying, this is something as Christians that you're going to want to do, not just get to do, but that you're going to have a craving and a desire. And I think that there's something important here for us to understand. That that in this assumptive phrase, he, he believes that we will do this. But see, when we talk about this idea of the generosity ladder, there, there's an interesting part of this. Because in this ladder, what's, what's happening is, is Jesus is asking us to begin to give something. And so what I have here is I've, I've got this little piece of paper that, that says to give something. And I want to put this on this first step down here for us today. Because as we talk about taking this first step of this idea to give something, we need to understand that in this assumptive phrase, Jesus is asking us to give something. And so the first practical step for us is simply this, from from nothing to something, that when we take this first step, that we're going from nothing to something. Now, why do I wanna talk about this for, for a second? Because if we we're to really look at how we're utilizing our finances, if we're really looking at all the different things we do have— we have so much more than we really realize, right? Many of us have five sets of clothes for the day. We get up in our PJs, right? And we're in our PJs and we go get ready for the day. And so we put on our work clothes, right? We get our nails done, our hair done. You think you're fancy, huh? Right, then we then we go from work to our workout clothes and we go to the gym. Maybe some of you are the CrossFit fiends. Maybe some of you just go to the gym in the community. Maybe some of you go running or, or maybe you have The Peloton at home, but many of us get a separate set of clothes for our workout clothes. Then after we're done working out, then we get in our lounge clothes. Not just uh, another set of PJs, we get in our lounge clothes so that we can sit around and watch our Netflix or our Hulu or, or just have dinner with family. And then we get another set of PJs. And see, within one day, many of us have five sets of clothes. We we have a lot of things. We have storage units for our cars, it's called garages. Right, we we look at what we have versus the rest of the world and I think a lot of times we lose perspective as to what we do have versus what we don't. Did you know that if you make 35,000 a year that you're in the top 10% of wage earners in the world? that if you make 55,000 that you're in the top 2% of wage earners in the world and our wealth does not sit in because we play the comparison game and rather than focusing on giving to the needy as Jesus is calling in Matthew chapter 6 we're so focused on what other people have and we're trying to attain what other people have that we lose sight of how we're called to live out our Christian financial stewardship. Dave Ramsey simply says it this way, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. This is so true. We're constantly playing the comparison game where we can get attention. In church, we gotta stop giving. We gotta stop giving with things that we don't have to people we don't really like so that we can impress them. We really need to look at ourselves in the mirror. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 simply says this, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. See, I believe what happens is we get so focused on the comparison game that we go into this pie chart. I wanna throw this on the screen here for us to understand. And what happens is I'm gonna talk about our church here in particular today. This is from me as a guest speaker to you at Purpose Church. And and I want to address something here because some of you are kind of turning me off because I'm talking about the area of finances. And, and for just a minute, I want to talk about this. Let's go to this first pie here. See, 26% of this church gives nothing. That means 74% of you give something, but we see 26% of this church gives nothing. Let's go to this next pie pie here, 44 Three percent give something, and then the last percentage that we see here is thirty one percent of this church ties. Now now you have to understand it 's not like we went and did this like massive survey at the church it 's not like we 're looking deeply into into your finances. We're taking some general numbers. We know how how many people give. We can look at the quantity of people that give. And then we can look at the quantity of our attendance. So just based on that equation alone, we can realize who gives something versus who gives nothing. But then when we look at the percentage of tithe, we're looking at a median age of what people are giving or sorry, uh, what they're making in the area. And so we can roughly say roughly 31% of our church tithes. Now, now this is interesting because if we're called to tithe and to a give above and beyond, even in Jesus's assumptive statement of like, but when you give to the needy, that means you must have had all your other ducks in in a row, you know. Before that, we we talk about this idea. That means all of this percentage here that that we literally have sixty nine percent of this church that isn't living up to what Jesus is asking. Now, now I'm not trying to be mean. I I, I simply want to help you understand something because this is a biblical call in our life. Now, as we see this, we see this first step here to give from nothing to something. I want you to take this first step today and and I want to challenge those of you that are giving nothing to take the step and to go to giving to something. I, I believe that this right here, that you will step in to an opportunity with Jesus that I believe Jesus will use to help to grow you in your faith. Maybe, maybe today you've been thinking, man, like I, I really want this hope, man. I want God's mercy. I want God's grace. Like, man, I, I want what other Christians talk about when they talk about Jesus. Like, I, I want those good things, right? The question I would ask you is, are you willing to step in a step of faithfulness to trust God, even in the area of your finances, to give something. I I believe that if you do that, something incredible will happen. Now, the second step in in this generosity ladder is this idea of percentage giving. It's, in other words, that let's step from something to percentage giving. And so as I put this up here on this generosity ladder, I I think about my time even here at Purpose. Man, what a church that taught me, uh, or what a church that taught me how to be generous. I have so many stories of here of, uh, of whether it be your pastor or whether it's other people here in this church that, that I have deep relationship with. Uh, but there was this one season where I had this intern here working a purpose and he came to me and said, Jeff, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling with my finances. And so I sat down with him and I was like, okay, why are you struggling with your finances? And so you know, he kind of listed it out to me. He's like, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this and that. And so I asked a simple question, like, are, are you trusting God in the area of your financial stewardship?" And he's like, no, like, uh, I don't even have enough money to pay the bills. And so I said, okay, so, so you're not taking the step to be faithful to God in the area of your financial stewardship, which tells me that means we're probably not having enough faith to say that God can provide. And, and it kind of hit him hard, and he's like, man, that's, that's true. I, I, I never actually thought about it that way. And, and, and so we went in this conversation, and what I encouraged him, an intern here at Purpose Church, what I encouraged him to do is, hey, I, I want you to start to give something, I want you to start to take steps up this generosity ladder. So so give something and, and then go from there to like a percentage giving. And as we climb up this ladder, uh, I want you to look at your financial stewardship. Right. This is a conversation I'm having with this intern. I'm saying, Hey, look, as you take up steps up this ladder, I want you to see if you run out of finances. And guess what? He never did. He, he continued to take steps up this generosity ladder and the the more he trusted in God, the more he got, he showed, sorry, the more God showed up and showed off. As he took the steps, he says, okay, I'm gonna give something. I'm gonna get this to this percentage. I'm gonna get to 3%. I'm gonna get to 5%. And he kept doing this. And what he saw is the more he trusted God, the more God showed up. Now Now, again, we're not giving to get. That would place our heart in a bad posture, and really what we're doing is we're giving to get. But he trusted God said, okay, I want to have this type of faith that's going to, need, that's going to necessitate God to show up, and he did that, and God continued to show up. Now, now I want to I encourage us to get to, to what God calls of this idea of this tithe, where we go from percentage giving to where we go to tithing, right? This is the biblical idea that we give our first fruits. So when I mentioned that earlier, that we would go to the point that we would begin to give our first 10%. This was a uh, Old Testament um, philosophy. This was an Old Testament reality that God was asking of his people, Now, some people in modern times say, well, that's not a New Testament principle. This is something I've heard in many conversations at coffee, many conversations around a Bible study, and someone says, well, I give, and what I do is I give just kind of what I can, and that's good. And where I would challenge them is I go to Luke chapter 11, verse 42. This is a very important verse because Jesus actually addresses this. He's actually addressing the Pharisees, which are religious leaders in the first, First century Roman Judeo context. And he addresses them. He says, but but woe to you Pharisees. So he's giving them a warning to try to get their attention on something. But notice this. He says, for you tithe, mint, rue, and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. Let's stop there and let's leave this up here. See, what happened in the first century is, is with their tithes, they gave their first fruits of whatever it is that God provided to them. Right so so their mint was their form of currency it's what they used to attain life itself right to pay for their place to live to pay for their food that they needed this was their first fruits so in modern time this would be our finances this would be the money that's in our bank this would be the money that's worth trying to save and, and see Jesus says to them okay for you tithe in other words this is something that they are doing and then he says and you neglect justice and the love of mercy. Now now watch this. Jesus says, these you ought to have done. He's referencing the first half here that they're giving the first fruits. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In other words, Jesus is saying it's a both and. See, and I think the interesting part about right now in the, in the 21st century is we're all about justice, man. We love justice. Man, we love telling people about the love of God. Now, whether people receive it or not, that's a different story. But we love justice and the love of God. But man, we don't want to talk about financial giving. We, we don't want to talk about this assumptive phrase that Jesus is saying, but when you give, and but when you give to the needy. See, we need to start to understand that when Jesus in Matthew chapter six is saying, look, I want you to give to the needy. I hope and I assume that you're giving something. Right, I I hope and I assume that you're giving this percentage giving. I hope and, and I assume that you're getting to this point that you're tithing, that you're trusting me in the first fruits of your life. Now see, why is this so important in this generosity ladder? Because what he's doing, he's saying, look, I actually think you're going to do this to the point that you'll get to something even greater. I, I think about this illustration here. I've got 10 $1 bills here, right? Just simply 10 singles, right? And, and I had this conversation simply with a businessman one time, and he said, Jeff, I, you know, I, I'm making $100,000. I'm going to go ahead and start tithing, so I'm going to give what I would represent uh, you know, $10,000. We're gonna go ahead and start giving that to the church. I'm gonna trust God. And what happened is God started to bless him. Now, now he wasn't giving with the expectation to get. He was giving out of the faithfulness of his heart. But what happened is God started blessing in different ways. God started giving him more business. God started giving him more relationships and his income continued to rise. And he came back to me a few years later and he said, Jeff, hey, um, I think I'm gonna have to go back on that commitment to tithe because I'm making more money than I know what to do with now. And that, that $10,000 where I originally was making $100,000 and I was giving $10,000, man, like that tithe is a lot more now. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure that, that I can keep giving this much. And see, I think it's funny because I think of about a mentor of mine that told me this. And so I, I was kind of bold and I said this to the businessman. I said, hey, um why don't we just go back to where you're, you're actually earning $100,000 and so you can just continue to trust God in the area of your finances and give the 10%, the 10,000. And he said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But see, this is what happens, right? We're, we're called to give a 10th, right? We're called to give our first truth. First truth, this is something that Jesus even affirms in Luke chapter 11. This is something that Jesus assumes that, that we'll do. But see, what happens is as we start to attain more, as more zeros come, we start to flip out about the zeros. And I want you to know something today that Jesus does not flip out about the zeros. That Jesus, Jesus does not flip out about the zeros. And and God is simply saying to us, trust me in this. Now, this is where we're going to take the fourth step on here. Now, we went from nothing to something, we went from something to percentage giving. We went from percentage giving to tithing. Now we go from tithing to contagious generosity. Now this is an important step in the generosity ladder because this right here, we, need, we begin to understand that our treasures were not given for us to use for our own gain, that our finances were given as a tool to bless other people so that we can bless people that are in need, so that we can give to people that can ultimately see God. See, this right here, contagious generosity. When we get to this step right here, oh, this is a fun step. Now, now I know at times it's scary, right? We look around and we're like, oh, this is, this is a lot higher than I've ever been on the generosity ladder. And there's a lot of things in life that, that can cause us to flip out a little bit. But see, when we start to climb this generosity ladder and we get to the point that we can actually be contagious in our generosity, other people will begin to see us for who our God is. One of the most tangible ways we can see a real God is through people's contagious generosity. I can't tell you the amount of stories that when people are generous, you start to ask the question, why are they so generous? See, and for us Christians, this idea that we're called to give, that we're called to get to this step in the generosity ladder where we're giving above and beyond, it's it's what we can also call our offerings that when we get there, something incredible happens. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 simply says this, each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves people with the heart of contagious generosity. This right here is critical for us to understand with this idea and the practical stat- steps of the generosity ladder. But see, so often at times, we don't want to trust God. We don't want to take the steps up the ladder because we're afraid of the zeros. We're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid if we're going to have enough. See, and I love the area of finance. I love talking about this because this is a real and true area that helps test us in our faith to see how big our faith is. Maybe today you need to begin to take that step. There's so many pastors that have gone before me. I think about Rick Warren. He wrote this book, Purpose Driven Life, that had more than 60 million copies sold. And and he went back and and he he made so much money off of this book that he literally lived off 2% of his his wages. And 98% he was giving away. He, in fact, went back to his church saddleback and, and wrote checks to, to cover all of his income over all of the time. It's remarkable of what happens. I think about Glenn and this church. Glenn changed my life. He was so generous constantly. I can remember pulling out of the parking lot here at Purpose and and he would give to someone that was needy because it was something he loved to do. Just a a few weeks ago, I went to lunch with Glenn. No joke. I I went to lunch with him. I was struggling with a a family issue. I just wanted to pick his brain because I knew it was a safe place in my own struggles that I could go and be vulnerable vulnerable with. That he would love me no matter what was going on. And in that moment, like we're having lunch, this intimate lunch, talking about my stuff. And, and he kind of is aware of the people around him. And, and these police officers come in at lunch and they sit down and he realizes, and he ends up covering their entire lunch, pays for their entire lunch. And he says, don't tell anyone. Well, I'm telling some people here, Glenn. But the truth is, this is Glenn. He's constantly generous. And to the point that it's contagious, it's, it's impacted me. Right, I mean, think about the list of the of the impact that your church has had all across the country. You talk about Josh in, in, in Indianapolis, right, in in Mark, Mount Carmel with, with Mercy Road. You talk about us in Unite and how we planted a church four years ago in Pasadena. We would not be the church today without your church's generosity. And I got to think of how grateful I am for what. Jesus is doing through the leadership of this church I think about Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 and I believe your church deeply deeply gets this now now I want to talk about this idea uh, of this this apple pie that I have up here and this is what I'm going to use I'm going to use this illustration and then I'm going to land the plane and I'm going to close this today Um, I I think about this apple pie and, and and this is an incredible tool because I don't know about you. I love food. If you know anything about me, you've been around me for a long time, you will know that I love food. And and what happens is I think this apple pie actually represents our finances. Believe it or not, I I believe it does. And and what happens is we say, okay, what what bills we got to pay this month? We got to pay our mortgage. That's a good size piece of pie. Right, And what happens is we take this big old piece of pie and you know, get a good chunk, and we're going to get it on this plate, because we've got to pay the mortgage, right? So we give that away because that's the first thing that we' got to pay. So we're going to pay that we're going to take that, and we're going to pay for that, right? But then I think about, okay, well, we got the phone bill, right? We got, we're going to get some of that phone bill. We're going to put that on this plate. Um, then we're going to take the next pie. Oh, I got to have money for food. That's, that's really important. Ironically, I'm having apple pie here, right? So I'm going to take this and I'm going to put that out. And, and, and then I go down the line like, okay, well, I got to have my DirecTV. I don't want to miss DirecTV. That's, a, that's an important piece. Um, let's get that on here. And then I think, oh, man, Netflix, that's a small percentage, but, man, we got to get that on here. And what happens is we start to give to all of these other things and we pile it on, literally, we pile it on. And and then what happens is we we give this out to whatever it is. So I'm gonna place this down here, right? And and, and then in that process, what happens is we're like, oh, dang it, I forgot to give something. Well, I don't have 10% left, so at least I'll try to give something. And, And see what happens, this is a perfect representation of how we treat our finances is we give to all of these other things and then we look at the crumbs that remain and we say, well, God, this is, this is all I have. But see, when, when Jesus in Matthew chapter six in this assumptive phrase where he says, but when you give to the needy, it was actually an expectation that, that we would give and get our financial stewardship in order. That we would already understand that we would give God not the last crumbs, but that we would give God the first 10%. That means over the mortgage. That, that means over the cell phone bill. That means over the food even, right? That means over the Netflix and the direct TV. That means the sporting events and all the things that we want to do for extracurricular activities that we would give God to the first fruits, that we would give to God out of thankfulness, that we would give God or to God out of priority, that we would give to God out of discipline, that we would give God out of the desire to be contagious in our generosity so that when Jesus says, look, hey, I want you to give to the needy. I want you to give in secret. I think one of the areas that that I'm really struggling with with this passage is I believe a lot of us can't even get to this point to give to the needy. We can't go to the point of contagious generosity because we've sucked in all the other areas of our financial stewardship and, and we're stuck with crumbs. And yet we treat God like a dog, sorry, we treat God like a dog and we simply say, God, this is the best I got for you. Today, I believe that we can begin to take steps up this generosity ladder, to the point that we can get to a point that we're giving out of contagious generosity, to where everyone that's in need around us, that we can give and we can supply, that we can bless, that that we can change their lives. Why is this so important? Because I believe the more that we do this, the more we allow people to be exposed to a living God, that is truly the only one that gives us hope purpose, and joy in a world that is so divided and broken. And my heart and prayer for you today is that you would say, hey, I'm gonna take steps up this idea and I'm gonna begin to give something. Heck, today I'm gonna begin to give something, uh, a percentage. God, I, God, God, today I'm gonna make the commitment, I'm gonna begin to tithe. God, today I'm gonna begin to get to the point where I can be contagious and in my generosity so other people can see you through me. Church, I believe that if you make this commitment, I believe that this area of the valley will never be the same. And that's my heart and that's my prayer. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that today as we wrestle with this idea of what you're doing in our life, I pray that we would be open-handed to what you have provided to us. And I pray, God, that as we're open-handed to what you have provided to us, I pray that we would be able to trust you in all the areas of our lives. God, that we would give to you out of our first fruits, that we would give to you out of our thankfulness. God, that we would give to you out of our priority, that we would give to you out of our discipline. And that God, from that, that we would be able to take steps up the generosity ladder so that everyone else around us would be impacted and changed. God, I thank you for the assumptive phrase, but when you give to the needy, And I pray, God, that we would begin to understand that that is something that you desire passionately for us to live out, that we would do it in secret. But God, that we would understand that out of our faithfulness that you would reward us. And so I pray, God, that we would step into that area of Christian ethics today, that we would step into that area of our faith today to simply say, God, this is all yours in the first place. Do with with my life what you will. I pray for blessing in this area of this church and these people today. It's in your name we pray and all God's family said, amen.